You're listening to the Nerd to Know Media Network. Join us at nerdtoknowmedia.com. Broadcasting from the Blanchestan Center, this is Phoenix FM. This is 92.5 Phoenix FM, community radio for Dublin 15. Hey everybody, it's JB Jeremy Borash and you are listening to Daryl O'Connor on the... Welcome to the Wrestling Rewind. The only wrestling podcast by fans who don't hate wrestling. Hello everybody, it is Phoenix 32.5 FM. This is the Wrestling Rewind. My name is Daryl O'Connor and welcome to the show folks. It's been a while. Um, this is of course the, the show just before Elimination Chamber if you're listening to this in sequence. But it doesn't matter because we're not going to talk about it. Because we decided, hey, by the time the show goes out, it has already happened. So we will talk about that uh, the week after it happens. So next week, if, but this is completely out of sequence. So there you go if you're wondering that's why um we're going to talk about something a lot more fun something that was really cool and probably one of the best episodes of raw i've ever seen it's from 1999 we're going to jump straight back into the time machine um but i'm not alone i am joined by the one the only undefeated mr martin hardy how are things martin grand dara i've uh, i've had a bit of trouble with sciatic in the past couple of weeks so uh. i've gotten uh, i've gotten mad into pilates and yoga so i'm a full I'm a full yogi now, walking around barefoot and eating tofu and smelling my own farts. <laughs> you can be like Rob Van Dam, though. You can get like super high head kicks eventually. Uh, yeah, I, I, and, uh, with enough training, I think I can do the the splits between the two chairs that he used to do. So yeah, you know what? You, that, that, that needs to be like your your party trick now, and you can send it oh, and be like, "Punk, can you do this? I can." And then there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll do. I'll really wind him up. I'll I'll send him a video of me doing the buckshot lariat without landing on my arse. <laughs> oh man! Um, actually, real quick before we get into the time machine, did you hear the rumors that apparently he's going to be back by June? I have heard. Uh, yes, I've heard all sorts. I've heard, but but it's like it's like all the other stuff that happened with Punk in the past. Like yeah, you'll hear one article from one website or one you know podcast or whatever that'll say something and then the very next the algorithm will give you the very next video and the very next video is saying something different and um the thing with AEW as well is that i i try as best i can like obviously apart from whenever we're reviewing shows i try as best i can to sort of filter out all the backstage stuff because i Fair. love the product so much that you know, if Punk shows up, I haven't seen this week's Dynamite yet. I'm, I'm going to stick it on tomorrow. Right. But, uh, you know, if Punk shows up some weddings tonight, I want to be surprised. hit smack in the face with that. Martin, you know what we should do? We should, like, set up two websites. One that reports, like, one-sided news and the other that reports the complete opposite side and get chat a- <laughs> the, the chatbot, you know, the, the new AI, yeah. to, like, write the articles and yeah. then just put advertising on it. There we go, man. 
yeah, we get that. so we get yeah we get the we get the chatbot to do all the all it'll it'll all analyze it. all the articles, but because all the articles are contradictory, every headline will just be nothing has happened, <laughs> it'll nothing be like, has occurred. It'll be like CM Punk to return. Rumors that CM Punk is going to return uh, are greatly exaggerated. I just have them on the two websites. It'd be amazing. There we go, yeah. man. We could be the entire wrestling media ourselves. There we go. Folks, I'm telling you, yeah, AI could it's, happen. It's a uh, yeah. It's these kind of uh, it's that kind of spitballing and brainstorming. That's uh, that's where you get things like Microsoft and Facebook and and all that from. So I'm I'm with it. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> let's do it. Actually, well, I don't know if you're if you if you read uh, Batman Incorporated, but um, in in the early run of uh, Batman Incorporated, like Grant Morrison was writing it, and um, that's what Bruce Wayne did. He like would fun fun conspiracy sites saying that Bruce Wayne was Batman himself, <laughs> so, <laughs> so nobody would believe it. And I'm like, that's actually really clever. So um, yeah, I mean, it, that's where I got the idea because but, everything is comics. <laughs> Before we we jump into Raw, uh, I think I, I would just love to share with everyone while we're on the subject just how excited Dara got with the new reveal of Michael Keaton returning as Batman. Oh, stop! The best. The best ever. I'm like, yeah, I know people are like, Ezra Miller is kind of a monster. And that's true. I mean, the, the, the person has been charged with some heinous things. However, Michael Keaton's back as Batman. <laughs> that every, a, every single person had the exact same reaction to that yeah, trailer. It's like, yeah. oh, The Flash. I never really watched it. I heard some dodgy stuff about Ezra Miller. Uh, it just looks like another DC you know, MCU, but what the hell is that? Michael Keaton, Michael Keaton's back. It's the best movie <laughs> ever. <laughs> Sorry. And everything's forgotten. You're like, I don't care what about it. God. It's like, you just do not care. You're like, Mike, I need all the Michael Keaton as Batman. That's it. I just want a series of movies just constantly, just every, you know, that's all I want. That's all I've ever wanted. Honestly. I mean, man, wasn't even, you caught me off guard with this. Completely caught me off guard with this. I'm, uh, <laughs> So excited for it! I can't wait. You know, and, and you I know really what? am. It's it was a genius move because, like, I haven't seen. Ugh, I couldn't even tell you the last MCU movie I saw. I'm just, uh, just bored of them by now. And DC, um, while I like the darker tone, the movies just always end up being really weird messes. So I haven't seen a lot of those either. But this has even got me excited about seeing a Flash movie, so it was a good move. It was, and it, like, I don't know, everything I just see about it, I'm like, Warner Brothers made them. I know this is a wrestling podcast, guys, I'm sorry, but um, Warner Brothers made a mistake. They should have just had Michael Keaton the whole time. Like, he just is Batman, like, because, I mean, I don't like, I know, like, what, like, pretty much anyone they've picked as Batman, with the, with, with the exception of George Clooney, he's Terrible, terrible choice. But everyone they picked has brought something to the table. Like they've been a better Bruce Wayne or Bad Barman, but Michael Keaton's the only guy who's done it. Who like even as Bruce Wayne, you're like, oh, there's something, there's something there. Like there's a darkness that you know, and uh, he just gets it. And I'm like, man, this is gonna be unreal. I mean, even if it's terrible, I, I don't think it will be. I'm still like, I want all of this. Oh yeah, it's already all it's already so. a success. Yeah, because <laughs> I saw the new MCU movie, and you're right. I mean, it was 
it was grand. It was basically a Star Wars movie, though. They just made Star Wars in miniature. And um, yeah, I'm like, I'm like, yeah, okay, just I just want Batman. That that's you know. So yeah, I mean, there we go. This is the this has been the Batman podcast, folks. Uh, we hope you're happy. <laughs> that, we, that concludes the Batman podcast. That concludes the Batman podcast. But um, yeah, I, I mean, when that comes out, we'll have to talk about. it, I think because it's going to be amazing. But yeah, I, I I have to give Warner Brothers credit because they managed to like win over everybody. Everyone's like Ezra Miller going, oh, geez, you know, maybe they should sack them. It's kind of hairy there, you know, and allegedly kidnapping that, people and. Etc. Etc. Michael um, Michael Keaton as Batman. They could have had Harvey Weinstein playing the Flash. <laughs> yeah, and you wouldn't care. Would people would have been like, "We are gonna, we're gonna watch it. I'm gonna go see it six times." Legitimately, I probably <laughs> will see it six times. But um, I don't know. I just can't wait. So look, let's move on. Let's let let let's hop in the time machine, Martin, because it's been a while. Yeah. We have to dust it off. Get all the cups out. You know, when you go into your mate's car and there's just cups everywhere, and you're like, "What?" What are you doing? You used to bin. So obviously someone was living in the time machine, so we've got to kick all those all the cups out and you know clean it and stuff like that. So we're ready to get we're ready to get into it now. And we're going all the way all the way back to March first, nineteen ninety-nine. Four weeks away from WrestleMania fifteen. Which wasn't good. We're getting there. I, I I know, and I know it wasn't good. Like I even know, just obviously, you know, because I've seen it. But um, man, there's just there's. It's I don't think as a wrestling fan, no matter what the Fed does, it's hard to get over that wee bit of WrestleMania buzz. It's like that, uh, see, that's what I'm saying to you. I'm getting properly hyped for WrestleMania. I've seen like not hundred times. I've seen it at least twenty five times, right? Uh, and I'm like. I know what happens. I know it's not great. It has some really cool moments in it, but I'm like, whoa, I'm properly like jazzed for this. This is going to be cool. The Gund Arena is a weird name. That's where we're coming from. Uh, Cleveland, Ohio. And yeah, so we're nearly there. We're, we're nearly at WrestleMania. And damn, this was a doozy. Uh, because when I was looking at the card, because I, I, I normally don't look at the card because I don't want to spoil the show for myself. But we kind of, I, I watched this like, today when i got home because i was just like i thought we were going to talk about elimination chamber so i was like right let's see what if this is going to be good or kind of skip things i'm like wait hold on the road dog has a wwf championship match <laughs> what <laughs> <laughs> so i was like the road dog has a wwf championship match what like I, I, I and then as soon as it's over, he goes right back where he belongs. Yeah, yeah but like it, it's this like intricate narrative that carries through to re- like most of the rest of the show, and it's like, okay, I need to. I didn't wasn't even expecting it. So this show is just a colossal mess, right? Every match, with the exception of one, two, two matches, pretty much ends in some kind of DQ or, or countout. It's ridiculous. Ridiculous. It's and it, it's ridiculous. It, it, yeah, it's but it's ridiculous. Like no DQ so matches end in DQ. Like, how do you have a countdown the triple threat? <laughs> but they managed it. But it's like you say, the whole vibe of the show was so buzzing, so hot. Uh, nobody cared. Yeah, like that's the thing. It's just like if the, okay, I, I I don't want to do this because I think this is reductive, but. If this was a car, if this, these results, not the card, obviously, but it, this, these results were on Raw now in 2023. Oh, yeah, you take a dump on it from a house. Oh, my God. People would be like, 
I'm never watching it again. This is terrible. I'm going to tweet about it for days. <laughs> but like, I was just like, it doesn't matter. I had a great time. And I did. It was brilliant. In fact, I, I what happens again, watching these shows, I want to watch the next one immediately to find out what happens. It's like, Netflix needs to buy WWE. I'm sorry. It's the most bingeable thing on the planet. Like good WWE, not 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 the the you know the glow in the dark um Mountain <laughs> Dew thing. That was the like awful. But this was just I don't know, a masterwork. So where do you want to start with this, Martin? Do you, do you have any thoughts before we go into it? Do you, do you have any expectations? Because I know you were disappointed by the last one we did. So what do you think? Well, about yeah, well look, it wasn't that I was like hugely disappointed i think it was just because um the first couple episodes we watched just really took me by surprise like i was really taken right back to that time period and and really enjoyed them and it wasn't that it was the last episode was bad it was just that it felt like all the stories for wrestlemania were kind of peaking but they were still four or five weeks away. So it just felt like there was a wee bit of wheel spinning going on. That's, that's, I didn't want to be sounding like I was being down on it. Um, in terms of this episode, yeah, same as yourself. Um, like the matches aren't much to talk about, but just the whole vibe of the show, the constant, like the crowd is hot for everything. It, the ludicrousness of Road Dog taking on The Rock for the world title. Um, but where I would start with this show is uh, the lights come on, the fireworks go go down, poof, the camera pans around to the crowd, camera comes back right up the top of the ramp, and you can very clearly see, I don't know if they did it on purpose, like as a rib, but you can very clearly see this fan holding a huge sign that says, Road Dog Fears Sobriety. Oh my God, I missed that one. <laughs> there were some good signs in it. Well, good, good, I mean... I use facetiously signs that we will have to comment on because of how. Oh man, I'm telling you, our our idea for a a, a coffee table book of just signs fans in the nineties held up is. I think it's I think it's a winner. I think it's a I think it's an absolute winner. A thing that every wrestling fan needs to have. Yeah, we need to do maybe a maybe a. Sort of a mature and a PG version, particularly for some of the some of the WCW shows in the nineties. The oh, WCW fans really, once they got pen and paper, they really let rip. They really went in. They went in hard. Yeah. <laughs> <It did. laughs> um. So look, yeah, the show kind of starts. It starts off slow, and it kind of like most of these. Um, actually, and even like, well, I mean, it's like the raw format for years. Starts off with a Vince McMahon promo. Yeah. But this kind of set up the whole night. So what were your thoughts on this and what did it kind of sell? I mean, look, it's it's getting harder and harder, you know, to separate Vince from all the stuff that's been coming out. But like there's one thing you you can't say about the man. You cannot say that when he got in a mic in his hand, he was not engaging, he was not captivating, he was not really really he walked such a fine balance between completely believable and entirely cartoonish um so this was this was 
typical Vince. Uh, and yeah, I mean, it's, it's Vince McMahon coming out doing the whole you're fired gimmick in 1999. Like, loved it. I have to say, one of the weird things about it, though, was they were doing the the corporation thing very heavily at this point. Yeah. But they also had the ministry. So it wasn't the corporate ministry yet. And going back to watch this, I was shocked how how interlinked they were, but they also weren't. You know, like there's still the higher power thing, which we'll get to probably in this <laughs> run at some point. But like it's weird because you have Kane who is feuding with the Undertaker. You have Bossman who's feuding with the Undertaker. And then you have the Undertaker who isn't friends with Austin, but isn't isn't friends with Austin, who also feuds with mankind who doesn't feud with mankind. And you're like, what is going on? To the point that later on in the night, Vince is on commentary and he says, mankind's going to join the corporation out of nowhere. And you're like, even, uh, even King is like, what? That doesn't make any sense. And he's like, and then Vince is like, um, oh, well, you know, you can't, you don't know what to expect in a WWE. And I'm like, okay, you've gone a bit far here. This is, this is ridiculous. So, that's kind of where we are with the any time they're coming out. The, the group kind of grows and swells, and then you know, but it really is faction warfare. That kind of is the the mood that having the corporation come out, and I and I think that was kind of lost that whole um, way of cutting a promo. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, it it no it never got to the levels of NWO. Like you just you know it, it expanded beyond its its own ability to to stay up um but yeah you can see where it's getting a bit muddled one thing i didn't like about it is here is where you can sort of see the start of the kane character really becoming much much less special like from from one of the best debuts ever i think that character should have been really really protected even if that means paying the dude a full-time salary and only using them two or three times a year. Um, you know, you can start to see here where that character's, you know, it's 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 losing the uh, the sort of killer monster edge. Yeah, well, they were changing the character. They are changing it to the, the insane asylum. Kind yeah. Of, the... Which I think is, the, uh, although to be fair, Here's the thing, and I know you're not, I know you you didn't get exposed to TNA, but if it wasn't for this part, it wasn't for... And, that, this, and that's it, you never see TNA, you're only ever exposed. <laughs> if it wasn't for this this run of Kane, Abyss wouldn't have a career. Because mm. Abyss just took this part of Kane and ran with it. And that was his character. So, I mean, something good came out of it. Well... Something good came out of it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna stick with that. I like it. This, this yeah, was great. I, I think, I think it's just because I have such nostalgia for that initial Kane it's character. It's gotta be Kane. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think it's just that I have such nostalgia for that, and the fact that because we're looking at it in hindsight, we know that this is the start of a long, slow descent into the mayor of Knoxbridge. I mean, that's not. That's not necessarily totally fair, man. I mean, he has a couple of good years left. Uh, I mean, no, like, he, he does. I just, uh, again, like, 
yeah, I think that character got, I think that should have been really retained uh, and used very sparsely. Yeah. You know, but no, again, fair. it's 1999. If somebody's over, you're not going to hide them. Somebody's over, you're bringing them out. And like a lot of stuff on this show was over. Kane's over, the obviously the everything's over. The everything's fire's over. over. Yeah. What what it really hit for me was and is uh, like I'm not jumping ahead, there's only quickly mention it. Man, you hear about X Pac heat and all, but X Pac hits the Bronco Buster in this and the place nearly erupts. Like everything is over. Everything even, uh, no, we'll get to it. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm I'm going to um No, public enemy were over. I don't know how they were over. But yeah, I mean as as much as yeah, as much as they could be. But I was just kind of shocked that the matches on this were made because like some of these matches will have a payoff at WrestleMania. They are surprisingly giving people um physical altercations, particularly in the hardcore division, where it's like you basically have a hardcore match that goes on all night. Val Venus yeah. has a match with Ken Shamrock and Goldust. And you're like, oh, okay, right. So that surprised me a great deal. I know I jumped ahead a little bit, but are you a fan of seeing um, like pay-per-view feuds on a Raw? Well, I mean, I mean, it, it depends how it's done, you know, like, um, but I, I, I think the, the hardcore example you use there is a good one because I quite like that for the hardcore division. Ten solid minutes of two lads walking around hitting each other's with bins doesn't really do it for me. But if you intersperse spots over the course of the night, do you remember we watched, I um, can't remember which WCW pay-per-view it was, but they basically had this big like 20-man hardcore fight in a in a car breakers yard yeah it was like a junkyard dog yeah Yeah. and we were like that was too much all at once in a row but if they had broken that up by spots over the course of the whole evening you know and that's what this this felt more like um so i i quite enjoyed this uh (laughs) what i loved uh was the first match um the uh gold dust Shamrock, uh, Venus, Val Venus, triple threat. I yeah. love that they're continuing with this story of Ken Shamrock. Shamrock getting really angry over <laughs> his sister consensually kissing, like, kissing people. Like, uh, no, okay, but before we get before we get to that, though, right? Before we get to that, because that's a very good place to start. Hold on, one second. Um, so after the big um in ring promo where they kind of set up that. They set up a lot of things. Basically, um, The Rock's going to face big, uh, the Road Dog, which <sighs> I can't believe he had the world title match. I can't believe I'm oh, only to find this, this out is... this now. This is incredible. If you had told me 1999 Raw, you have 100 guesses who The Rock had a world title match with. Not if you if I had 500 guesses, would I have gotten The Road Dog? Yeah, like I mean, The Rock at his most over as a heel goes against the road dog and and we'll we'll get to the match because you know there's a lot to say but so we we figured that out kane is going to go against austin and kane has to win or else he's out of corporation and gets sent to the mental asylum so these are things that we kind of know and mankind's going against the undertaker right so these are all things we know from that promo so obviously it sets up a lot there's a lot going on 
and the whole night is in motion. Then it cuts to Michael Cole and um, <laughs> to Michael Cole. Uh, oh my god! <laughs> I just stopped it at, at the part, uh, and it's like there's a sign in the back where it says "Dilo likes men," and it's at the hard <laughs> camera. <laughs> it's at the hard camera behind Michael Cole, and it's like. 1999 and they, WWE, like, and, and, really and that's, just, that's one of the tamer ones. That's one of the tamer ones. <laughs> that's one of like, the more tactful ones. I'm like, what? What possessed you to, like, I don't know. It, 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 we have to do this book, man. We, we yeah. have to. Um, anyway, so after that, it, it, it cuts to the backstage. And I think it's Val Venus's, it's not Val Venus's locker room, it's someone's locker room. And Ryan Shamrock walks out and she, like, pulls her dress down. And I'm like, man, they're really, really, really making this woman, they're giving her a hard time, as far as you said, full-on consent. And it's just winding up Ken Shamrock. And it's very creepy. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's, getting, it, it's worse it's, every week. It's getting so strange. It's like, why are you attacking these men that your sister is consensually seeing? Like, the, like this is starting to look very weird on you. You know, there's a there's a Facebook group called um, what is it? It's a uh, uh, fathers being incestually possessive of their daughter's virginity, and it's like a uh, pictures of. Do you know when you see prom night in America, yeah. and the girl will be going out to the prom, and before she goes out, she gets a picture with the family, and it's like her father and her three older brothers, and they're yeah. all there with like shotguns and rifles. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> I, get, I get that vibe from from Ken Shamrock. Oh man! So like, nobody could be with my sister, but me. And then in real life, he was because they're yeah. not brother and sister. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just to make the whole thing even more ridiculous. In real life, that's his wife. Yep. So imagine you're a big WWF fan, and then you go out for dinner one night, and you see <laughs> Shamrock laying the moves on his sister. And you're like, oh, this makes so much sense now. Oh, man. I love Ken Shamrock. I just, I really, this whole thing just gives me the ick. You know, where I'm like, I hate this. This is just, it's gross. But there is a, a backstage segment with Billy Gunn. So the, the storyline is that Billy Gunn has pneumonia. Yes. For reasons. They don't explain where he got it. He just has pneumonia. And he looks, look, for, I don't know if you've ever had pneumonia before. It's not fun. Um, he looks fine. <laughs> Does yeah, not have I pneumonia. What, I wonder what the reason was. They probably just needed him a week off so they could tell the story, which because it takes up the rest of the show, um, or it, it plays into what would happen with Road Dog as well. So because he couldn't be there with the Road Dog, and you know, it, it, oh it, yeah, yeah, that's fair. So, yeah, but he cuts this really weak sauce promo <laughs> slash conversation with the doctor, and he's like, Doc. I don't care what you say about my lungs. I need to compete for the WWF. <laughs> and you're like, I'm sorry, the doctor does not care about this at all because they don't, you know, it's just. Yeah, you're, cutting a, you're cutting a promo on the doctor. On the, the doctor, doctor, yeah. And the the doctor's, doctors are like, who is this for? I'm just giving you medical advice. <laughs> I can't do anything. What do you want I've, from me? I've had my neck broken. I've fought with my back broken. I've had bruised ribs and I've gotten the ring. The doctor's like, yeah, I don't recommend any of that. You shouldn't be doing any of this. <laughs> Go home and relax. Go home. <laughs> Get a hot water bottle and a lem sip. 
But I mean, here's the thing: he's in the building, right? So it, 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 it is gear. In, yeah. So I'm like, he could still come out if he wants to, and he just doesn't. Like poor Raw Dog gets battered, and he's like, ah, he's fine. He'd be grand. So where did he go? He doesn't say he went home yeah. or he left. Did like, he? I, did he, he had. He had enough energy to make it to the building and to get into his gear, but not enough energy to just walk down the ramp and swing a chair. No, he had enough time to, to make it to the building, get uh, get in his gear, cut a promo on the doctor, fight with the doctor, <laughs> and then leave. And I'm like, man, if you had the money, you'd be in the bed. Like You, w- you wouldn't be getting up, but sure, look. It was a terrible promo, and Billy Gunn cannot act. So um, he's He's so much better today. He is absolutely. He has a much as... more. He has a much more unfortunate name now. <laughs> Listen, you want if wrestlers were getting over, they got scissor me daddy ass. They got that over. So, oh, Lord. You know, I'm so glad this. I'm so glad this show is past the watershed. I I really am. I really <laughs> am. Um, anyway, Goldust comes out for. Uh, for his match with Val Venus and Ken Shamrock. So Ken Shamrock um, obviously was out first and they kind of go back to what happened last week where the Blue Mini showed up and attacked Val Venus. So this is for the Inter- Intercontinental Championship um, title. By the way, I really like, I didn't notice the shirt that Blue Mini was wearing last week um, where it was like him as a South Park character. He he was ahead of that, he was ahead of that trend. That would not be a thing for a couple of years later where you could make your own South Park character. So, Fair play. Yeah, fair play. Bear Blue Mini, you know, for a guy who wasn't um, most athletic or or the toughest or best promo or anything, like he did enough that he made himself a a career in the 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 top end of wrestling. You know, like like you're talking about uh, all the active wrestlers out there. Maybe one percent of them ever really make it to the top and. Fair play to the Blue Meanie. He he made a made a niche for himself. He's still around. He debuted on AEW, didn't he? Like recently. De- uh, he debuted. Uh, I, like I remember him being in like. He was on uh, Dark, I think. Yeah, I remember yeah. him being in like a like a BTE skit and stuff like that. Oh, so I just saw a sign there. It was Val Penis. And I, I, <laughs> I don't think that that fan understood that. That's the joke. What the joke? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that's brilliant. <laughs> Do you know, well done. The joke just, completely <laughs> went past you. Good job. That was you brilliant. just know that they've been like watching him for years, years. and then we're yeah. sitting watching Raw one night and it just hit them. <laughs> oh like, my God. They're like, oh, I have the best idea for a sign. Quick, quick, <laughs> pass pass me my notepad <laughs> and my markers. Um. So, yeah, look, this match is. It's a nut match. It's like three and a half minutes. Ryan Shamrock comes out again, and the whole time um, Jerry Lawler is losing his mind over the whole thing. Um, again, I oh sorry, this fan is walking, running up and down with the sign because I'm playing it here again as we're as we're talking, and she, it's a woman too. So well, there we go. Yeah, so yeah she's, well, she's very very proud of that sign. Uh, oh, Val was was over. Like Val was when he, over when he came out and he did the "Hello, ladies." I mean, there was a lot of women in the audience legitimately into that. Oh yeah, no. I mean, it, like, here's the thing: like every time, 
everything in in that that they did they did because it was over but sorry i was just i'm so blown away by the fact that woman missed that joke so hard <laughs> she brought a sign to rob <laughs> okay so yeah like this match was was a bit of a nothing match um Ryan Shamrock comes out, doesn't really get involved in the situation because it is it, it is a um a count out. Basically, this match just kind of goes on for a little while. It's not it's not a Matt classic. There's one or two uh one or one or two interesting moments in it. The the blue meanie is out the back as well. So th- this is just a setup to get to WrestleMania. Yeah. That's all this is. It's nothing else. Yeah. It, so and- <laughs> and keep the feud going as well. And I know, like, we've talked about, you know, this era of Raw, the matches aren't really what's important. It's kind of a, the vibe and the momentum and just, the, like, the hijinks of, of, you know, an exciting, ridiculous television program going on. And I am giving it a pass, but, my God, it was tough to give a pass to a countout in a triple threat. Well, Goldust... It turns out, so, okay, twist, it turns out Goldust is the new lover of Ryan Shamrock. <laughs> so Ryan has, has made her way through Val Venus, briefly Billy Gunn, and now Goldust, who is, his whole gimmick is, you know, his whole gimmick yeah. is that, yeah. So I'm like... I'm tr- like, do you, do you ever hear the story of... um? When uh, Dustin Rhodes accepted being Goldust, no. he was like, Vince called him up. He says, all right, pal, we've got a great gimmick for you. It's going to push a lot of buttons, but it's going to be really hot. It's going to be an androgynous gimmick. Are you okay doing an androgynous gimmick? And Dustin Rhodes says, yeah, no bother. That sounds great. I'm, I'm well up for it. And he says, as soon as he hung up the phone, the first thing he did was get a dictionary and look up what androgynous meant. <laughs> oh god well he made it work you know it's his most successful gimmick but here's the thing right the only thing i'll the only reason why i'll let the count out thing go two of them did actually leave and fight to the outside now remember ken shamrock had a chance to win his belt back got so upset that goldust kissed his sister consensually, consensually. <laughs> that he left the building with goldust to fight him like there, there's the interesting angle. Why is he so upset? With it? <laughs> like that's the, that's the that's story the real I want to know. Yeah, that's, that's what I want to question. Know. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, yeah. So the match the main event WrestleMania: Ken Shamrock battling with his feelings for his own sister. <laughs> they should that they should have brought in Jerry Springer then. So <laughs> Billy Gunn does eventually come out and attack him at the end of this match. Remember the, the man with a. Uh, with uh, pneumonia, he he does eventually attack him, and then we don't see him for the rest of the night, despite the fact that his mate gets battered in the back in a, in a, in a little while. So, oh Billy, <laughs> silly Billy. So from there we have um, just the, oh the old school chef bar by RD. Oh, um, I'm so I literally have it down here as a note that I wanted to bring it up um, in case you skipped on to the next section. <laughs> Uh, these are terrible. I love them. <laughs> no, I mean, I remember seeing that as a kid and it was everywhere. So it's just kind of crazy to see it. Like, I do like that they kept some of the ads 
in on on the network that they didn't just remove everything. Yeah, I I love the the WWE specific ones. I love I like that they keep them in. That's yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't need to sit through twenty minutes of ads for Verizon, but I very happily watch Mankind. You know, talking about Chef Boyardee's pasta sauce. So. What's coming up next is very interesting because it was uh, the topic of our uh, Christmas New Year special. Mm. JR comes back and he is very upset. It's heel JR as well. It's not even like proper JR. It's heel JR to talk about, uh, to talk with Bart Gunn. And obviously, as we know, Bart Gunn was the winner of the Brawl for All. And last week he had gotten attacked. So he's here to talk about what happened last week. JR isn't wearing his hat, which is always interesting but you could see in his face how upset he is because it's like you ruined my best mate's chance here <laughs> by not, by winning the brawl for all so i mean it, it, a lot of people probably forget this this era of jr what did you think about this promo or this segment? um so i was i was very unsure about this segment so i get why they brought jr in because he was like legitimate friends with um with Dr. Death. I don't know how I feel about announcers being part of the show. Um, and also, this is very soon after his latest bout with Bell's palsy. And you can very clearly see it in his, in his face and in his slurring of his words. Um, I don't know, just the way like WWE kind of treated him pretty poorly around that whole thing, you know, like... But uh, you know the do skits mocking it and all, and I've read his uh, his book under the black hat where he talks about how him and his wife that really like they were both genuinely upset by all that. So I don't know if if maybe knowing all that kind of uh, you know coloured it a bit for me. Um, but the segment as a whole was, I mean, it was it was grand. You know they're. They're doing the best they can mm. with the disaster that has been brawl for all. Um, it was I mean, actually, I think that's fair. I think that's fair. Yeah, it was actually interesting to see Doctor Death show up because, like, my recollection, my recollection is that uh, once brawl for all was over, he was kind of just immediately dropped. So it's it's like new for me to see that he wasn't that he continued at least in some fashion for a while yeah i mean i wish they did it i wish they did a lot more with this and it just shows you that they were building towards it and they would actually ha- my my recollection of this again because it's been a long time jr actually does do a proper heel run with dr death for a while it just seems like the um once what happens at WrestleMania happens, which we talked about on our Christmas special, uh, it kind of kills this whole thing dead. But Dr. Death is around for a little while before he goes to Japan. Yeah, so um, look, doc, Dr. Death could have been great. Oh, yeah. Like, legitimately, like, he, he's he got a real old-school wrestler. Like, he looks like someone you wouldn't get on the wrong side of in a pub, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. But, I mean, it's proper legit, you know? So it's... <laughs> It's the whole thing with, like, again, and it's so weird for us, and we've done a whole show on this, so I won't labor the point, but it's Mm. so weird to watch this back and go, it is a work. There are so many advantages to wrestling being a work. You can do anything, and you did the one thing you shouldn't do. 
Make it real. Don't make wrestling real. <laughs> you know, it ends badly. None of uh, us are tuning in to see a real fight. No. So the next the next segment is basically a setup. It's a five minute setup for something that would happen later on in the night. It's Jeff Jarrett and Owen Hart who are the defending tag team champions with Deborah who comes out in a robe to set up something much later on in the night. Ends in a double DQ. So this is a tag team title match that ends up in a double DQ with Triple H and X-Pac, um, who, as you said, X-Pac is super over. And I don't think X-Pac's over. It's because he's in DX. DX is over. That's why D- this happened. Do you know, you're right. DX is over and the Bronco Buster is over. Yeah, X-Pac isn't over. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> X-Pac. And that's, my God, that is so unfair. Because I don't know if it has happened or if it'll ever happen, but a legitimate best of DVD that would have wall-to-wall fantastic matches would be a best of Sean Waltman because oh, yeah. he was a fantastic wrestler. And I'm still, to this day, I'm kind of baffled by X-Pac heat. I blame, I, X, I blame X-Factor. The yeah, music, yeah. the Uncle Cracker music. Oh, God, yeah. And I mean, and it was the fact that because he was such a reliable hand, they kept, but like he was on... Raw and Smackdown and, and Heat, heat. <laughs> and you know Shotgun Saturday Night and main of it like he was on everything um, and also the wah <laughs> you know it's a bit great but I, uh, I, I, can I just say this is my favourite Jeff Jarrett oh well do you know what I would, have agreed, I would have agreed with you up until now because I don't know if you've been keeping up with it but Jeff Jarrett in AEW is fantastic and I remember maybe two months ago when he debuted you sort of text me going oh my god this is a joke I can't believe this haha and I was (laughs) like oh no this is a disaster I am absolutely loving him in AEW I think think Jeff Jarrett's great he's always been completely under underrated like legitimately it yeah, just depends just... how you use him you know that's the thing and i mean he's he's a great hand like you know he he's, is do you know what great, I, like. I love about him he is an absolute live the gimmick guy yeah and that's his why gimmick, it works yeah his gimmick is a total carny <laughs> and he lives it <laughs> so the next segment so there is a, a segment later on that that so it's not the end of of jeff jarrett known heart um the next the next segment is a train wreck. Well, but just just before we get to that segment, this one ends with um a kind of a uh interaction with Deborah. So what confuses me about this is and this is something that happens with the divas all the time. Like the divas in this era will come out to wrestle in what amounts to a bra and panties. And then someone will rip that off them and they'll be like, oh my God, and cover up and run away. So at the start of this match, Deborah comes out and she's threatening to disrobe. You know, she's wearing her her uh, kind of like skimpy bathrobe, you know, and she's threatening to take it off and she's going to be like, ooh, you'll all love this. And then towards the end of it, she gets it ripped off her and she's like, ah, and covering up and running away. And that's, <laughs> it's just, but it's, I mean, it's how women wrestlers in the 1990s, you know, it's, <laughs> what can you do? 
it wasn't the only diva segment we had. Unfortunately, as bad as the as bad as that segment was, and it was bad. Although it was kind of funny to see the tag belts being used that way to cover her up. I was like, that's good thinking, Jeff. That's living the gimmick. Yeah, um, I mean, maybe have a word with her beforehand. <laughs> hey, Deborah, perhaps don't wear underwear to the ring. <laughs> not, not, not don't wear underwear. I mean, don't wear just underwear. Maybe, maybe reconsider before you go out. You know, we, we are healed. People do not like us. <laughs> they are going to try remove it. Um, but yeah, so not not the best, not the best idea to go out and and, and wrestle now. But look. Fair enough. It backfired, obviously. She probably won't make that mistake again, which she will many times, but sure. Yeah. The next segment wasn't even a match. It was just a thing that happened. Sable comes out. Uh, Ivory's there. Luna is cutting a problem. Uh, Sable yeah. out once again. And uh, uh, sorry to labor this, labor this point, but once again, promoting her playboy shoot. Let's yes. not forget that Mandy Rose was fired for having a very tame OnlyFans. <laughs> But you know, I feel bad for Luna because she is, you know, she she got she got a really short end of the stick here. She, she's the only wrestler in the ring. Yeah, and that's why she's the one that was taking all the bumps. That's ah, and ter- God, like, she's Sa- so good. Sable cannot do a power bomb as well. By the way, just just gonna say <laughs> that. No, and even when she's doing like she's doing it there with Luna, like Luna's giving her everything. Luna's. Let oh yeah, no, it's you know, not like, Luna, it's, it's not her fault. It's a hundred percent Sable. Yeah. So, so look, what we all came here to see happens next. <laughs> <laughs> the return in Road Dog, who's super over, right? He has most of the signs. But no, again, sorry, hold on, gonna correct myself. DX has most of the signs in, in the crowd, and he does his, you know, his shtick in the ring. You know, he's like. D-Generation X proudly presents to you. It's soon to be. And I'm like, don't say it. No, don't say it. No, come on. No, you can't commit to this. No one's going to buy it. And he says it. You know, he's soon to be WWE Tag Team Champion. Uh, tag Team Champion. No, I, I can't even say Heavyweight. it. Heavyweight. Heavyweight. Yeah, there you go. See, my own brain rejects me even saying it because it's so silly. Um, And I'm like, nah, man. And everyone in the whole crowd, everyone in the crowd is like, nah, this is you're not winning. There's no way you're winning. And uh, yeah, it's just City. I mean, The Rock comes, I have to say, The Rock never should have changed his gear. He looks like a killer when he comes out in that, in, in the, in the, the, in that Rock gear with, you know, the, the half shirt and the, the sweatpants. Uh, I, mean, uh, I, I get, I think it worked for this match. So I'm, I'm not a huge fan of that rock gear, but probably just because I'm so used to the iconic gear from other periods. Um, but I think it really worked for this match because he's coming up against Road Dog and he's like, ah, I'm not even going to. I'm going to a proper change. I'm not even going to take my shirt off. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I might take my watch off, you know. <laughs> but that's, Make sure, have, make sure I don't have my phone in my pocket. <laughs> but that's what it felt like. It felt like it was like, this is not even remotely fair. You know, it's like the yeah, rock. Is... Do you know what? I'm glad that they did that and they weren't tempted to, you know, like let Road Dog get some serious offense or like a near fall or something like no, that. No, <laughs> like it, it's so one sided 
that it's actually unfair. Well, one thing so unfair. If I had one complaint about it, is that, um, I mean, yeah, it's so one-sided, and it bloody should be because it's Road Dog versus (laughs) The Rock. Um, But at one stage, The Rock is like calling Paul White down to the ring. So he's still not big show yet. But he's like, call him down, going, come on, you got to help me. But I'm watching it going, man, you're whipping him. <laughs> you're kicking the life out of him. There's a multi-man sign that says... You don't need help. There's a multi-man sign at the beginning of the match that says, just hit the rock bottom. <laughs> <laughs> it took six people to hold up. It's a silly sign. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, God. Do you know what? Like when you're on Twitter and that you can really despair at wrestling fans but uh, so, stuff like that sometimes reminds you why they're just the best in the world it's so funny but yeah no I agree I mean the, the road dog he gets like three moves in and that's being very generous and the rock is just kicking the hell out of him and then he just keeps <laughs> hit, just keeps hit, like every time road dog like reverse some immediate slam and you're like the rock doesn't even doesn't even need to be here. Why are you calling well, it Paul White? It just looks ridiculous. It's like it's, yeah, it's you so, got this. Like you're like, mine. And he does it. He does it like a like where there's like a moment where he motions to the to the back and Paul White comes down. So <laughs> like you just sort of imagine in your head where the rocks go out to have his rat match with Road Dog, and before he does, he says, uh, "Listen, Paul, things might get." choppy out here for the rock so if i give you the signal you, know, <laughs> you come down and protect me from road dog <laughs> it's... Uh, like it's so bad that like the rock goes over and pulls michael cole's headset off and he's like he just starts cutting a promo on him and you're like like yeah we've seen this before many times but the difference is like the rock's been struggling i don't even think he broke a sweat like at any <laughs> point it was just like, no, this is this is fine. Like, I, fair play to the road dog. Like, at least he uh, he gave it a good college try, you know. But well, listen, uh, if road dog Jesse James had a world title match with the Rock, that's I mean, that's that's end your career there. You know, I didn't even realize this was a thing that happened. Yeah, I still don't uh, agree with his assertion that he thinks he's a a better wrestler than Bret Hart, but. <laughs> You know, did, did Bret Hart have a match with The Rock? Bret Hart actually did have a match. Did he? Was it for match. the world title? It was not for the world title, and it was oh. with Rocky Maivia. Oh, this... but yeah, there is there is one match between Bret Hart and The Rock. Yeah, I don't know. The Rock Bottom was pretty sick, though. He did, he did like one of the best Rock Bottoms I've ever seen. Oh yeah, on the Road Dog. But, you know, so the thing about the people's elbow, right, or the corporate elbow, as it was called in, in this time, and he made it very clear to call it that cause it's not called people's elbow yet, but the people love it. So he is very close to being a face. We're like a couple of oh, full on face. He is like, uh, <clears throat> um, like the fans are like, they want to cheer him desperate so bad. To cheer him. They want to cheer him so like, bad, yeah. When I was watching this, I don't know, I just had this imagery in my head of the fans as like a, a stampede and mm. Vince like just, just trying to hold them back, hold them back, hold them back for the turn, you know. But yeah, there's but they're so on the verge of it here. It's one of the like the people tell us a stupid move, right? But oh, the way that but it, it's very rare you actually get to see why it's effective. 
this match actually captures it quite well because it's like the rock bottom is what finished the match. The people's elbow didn't finish the match. He was beaten by the rock bottom. The people's elbow is an insult. Ex- yeah, the people's and that's elbow what it's supposed to be. Is brilliant as a heel insult. Yeah, it's you know it's, it's an like, insult. The it's man- like Jericho's one foot pin. You yeah, know. yeah, exactly, exactly. Like yeah. so, and it's very rare you actually get to see. Like what? And this rock is the only rock that actually does it properly. Well, like when he went heel again, he did it the same way. But it's like no, the people's elbow isn't the finishing move. The rock bottom is the people's elbow is an insult. So he can say he yeah. beat you with the people with the people's elbow. It's an elbow drop. You're fine. Like you know. Um, but yeah, like this match, and then they're like, oh well, the headbutt from Paul White was. It's like he didn't need it. He hadn't beaten. At no point did you ever think. That the Rock was losing, it just no. was ridiculous. I, I love that they didn't give him they they give him nothing. They didn't give him like anything Three. even approaching like a two count or no. uh Did no. he even get? Did he even have a pin attempt? No, in the no. Match? he, he no. got she got three moves. Good, that's two moves. The only guy was he got a couple of punches. That was about it. And and uh, King lost his mind. He's like, oh, it's not a no hold barn match. <laughs> So, uh, <laughs> well, so yeah, as you say, Rock hits the rock bottom, <laughs> drops the corporate elbow on him, and sends him right back to where he belongs. The hardcore, the hardcore division. title division, and out walks Al Snow like immediately, like <laughs> immediately he walks Talk out about from the tippy top of your career, <laughs> right back to Al Snow and the hardcore title. So, like again, and it was so weird, like. He's still in the ring, like holding his neck, and then Al Snow walks out and he's like, Here, you know, I'm not okay with this. Like, you know, you cost me my 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 title shot, basically. Because if you guys remember, there was a, t- a best of three series they were running, and because he got injured, they lost the title and then ended up going to Hardcore Holly. So he comes out with a chair and cuts a promo, and that ends up badly for Road Dog, who catches a chair and then hits him with it. Then out walks Hardcore Ab- Holly. Absolutely wild headshots. Oh, like it's, it's completely, <laughs> completely unprotected. Wild. Like, completely not even... un- like the chair legitimately bends to the point he has to kick it back into place and hit him again. Like not even the, the, like, the snakey throw the hands up. Because no. you know what? I don't even mind when they throw the hands up. Because it's like, yeah, if someone was swinging a chair at your head, that's what you would do. Yep. You would throw your hands up. None so I don't think it... I don't think it ruins the, uh, you know, the immersion of it. Like, I don't think it takes you out of the story whenever they put their hands up. No, <laughs> these lads this... just don't do it. <laughs> They're like, nope, <laughs> none of that for me, thanks. <laughs> so uh, what happens then is he picks up the mic and he's like, if uh, you guys, basically, he says in much more colorful terms, if you guys uh, want to uh, find me, you can uh, backstage. But we're going to have to leave it there, folks. Uh, because we're just about to go into um, the the internet only show, so oh, Martin, it's gonna is get... it's go, it's go, uh, 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 This is just like in Raw. We're gonna go to like the war zone, you know, Burr, where all the ish. lights get turned down. <laughs> gonna get salacious. Salacious. So Answer put... coming off. Oh God! Please no. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes. What are you gonna I, put? I love my girlfriend very much. Oh. Very wonderful. We've been living together for a couple of years and tremendous relationship. But she is leaving 
like it's her parents' anniversary or something tomorrow. She's away for the weekend, and I have the big TV and Metroid Prime and a yeah. bottle of whiskey, and I am just going to revert to my natural God-given state. <laughs> well, he's in for a good time, but you know. <laughs> Guys, if you want a good time, go over to uh, TheWrestlingRewind.com, The True Penny Channel, Nerd Snow Media. You know, any place that does podcasts, you'll be able to find the rest of this show where we're going to talk about the rest of this um, amazing episode of Raw, probably for another half an hour. And, of course, it's, you know, uncensored. You'll get this show uncensored. All the shows that we have all gone all the way back. But if this is your first time checking us out, Phoenix 92.5, thank you so much. Send us an email. Let us know what you think, uh, what you want us to cover. Of course, you go over to wrestlingrewind.com. You can find all the links to contact us, to follow us on socials, etc. And Patreon, which we don't have, but we're going to keep plugging it because it's funny. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) And remember, folks, whatever you do, even if she comes on to you, never kiss Ken Shamrock's sister. Do not do it. Yeah, definitely not. Because he will give up his icy title match. And he will follow you out of the arena for some reason. He will appear out of nowhere to <laughs> attack like, you. It's like Candyman. <laughs> a bunch of kids are around and like, oh, kiss Ken Shamrock's sister. Kiss Ken Shamrock's sister. And e- even now, and the pair of them in their 60s, like, <laughs> don't. Don't. That's solid get, advice get, from Martin. Ken Shamrock. <laughs> so... It, like in real life, they're they're married, and when Ken Shamrock's own grandchildren kiss their grandmother, he puts them in an ankle lock. So, <laughs> the, music, the old WWE music just hits, and that's it. That's he's it. Just, he's just in his own dissociates. <laughs> <laughs> Folks, if you want more of this, go over to Nerd, go over to Nerdno Media and go over to the rest of We'll be back after this short break. If you have nothing else to do on a Saturday, if you like nerd things, now check out Nerd to Know Basis here on Phoenix 92.5 FM, 5pm to 6pm, and then head over to nerdtoknowmedia.com for all of our shows as part of the Nerd to Know Media radio network. Thank you for listening to a Nerd to Know Media production. Alright guys, we are back. If you survived the wrath of Ken Sharmark, welcome back. <laughs> what is it? Uh, some uh, advice for budding wrestlers? <laughs> keep, keep Will Smith's wife's name out your fucking mouth. <laughs> keep Ken Shamrock's sister's tongue out your fucking mouth. Oh my god. So here's the thing, right? So we talked about uh, with Dave a couple of weeks ago about the, the Mountain Dew uh, fucking terrible shit show that we saw on uh, Extreme Rules. No, Neon Extreme Rave. Rules. Sorry, it was Royal Rumble, which is even worse. <laughs> Royal Rumble. So, the the, adver- the advertising was kept in, in in this show, right? And it's wild. There's one for the, US, for the, for the Coast Guard. 
showing the rescue of 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 the week, and it's like a random clip from Heat. I'm like, they paid you money to show a random clip of a nut shot from Heat. Yeah, it wasn't even like a particularly good. No, it was like a nut shot on a tombstone, and then some like some like lad lifting a, a young fella out of like the the water. I'm like. What a waste of money. Just show up at a shopping mall and go, here, join the Navy. Yeah, but I do, that's the other bit of confusion I had was like, what are they advertising here? Are the Coast they advertising, Guard. Yeah, but are they advertising for you to join the Coast yeah. Guard? Are yeah. they advertising that the Coast Guard exists and that you should, you know, if you're Hold on, I'm going go, to go. You should on, call gonna, the Coast Guard. Oh, that's a good point. It doesn't even say. It just has what the number. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, that is confusing. Ad, after <laughs> you guys fundraiser for the, yeah, I just properly failed here. <laughs> just didn't know. I didn't know what it was, but yeah. I don't know. They made it look relatively cool, though. But I don't think Coast Guard's like you know. It's a weird thing to advertise. I don't know. So the road dog's hanging out backstage, and he breaks a mop, and then. Carries two bits of it and then fucks the other side away. He's like, oh, I'm going to batter you. And then it cuts to the arena. And then you're thinking, oh, the brood are coming out. And I looked at my card and I'm like, the brood aren't here. And it turns out it was not the brood. It's uh, Rocco Rock and Flyboy. I don't remember what was, what, what was Flyboy. What? Um, oh, no, I'm... <laughs> I can't I'm remember you, man. Them. I'm confusing them with Blaine Boy from the Rubber Bandits. <laughs> so they're Public Enemy anyway, and no one liked Public Enemy outside now, of each I'll tell you what, this was a great spot, though. Them coming out as the brood was... It was funny. It was yeah, very it was. funny. It was, it was. And I think it's the most over they've actually... <laughs> they've ever been in WWE. Because they weren't here for a long time. They were here for a good time. And uh, they didn't get it. They, they, they were here for a good time until the acolytes got a hold of them. And then the acolytes killed them, and then they were gone back to the, the ECW, and that was that. But uh, yeah, so basically, what happens is they they mock the brood. The brood then their music hits, and one of them, it was the fatter one. What's his name? <laughs> the fatter one. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Hard to so, know. So Probably he, depends which angle you're looking at them. That's true. So the one that doesn't have 69 on his back, he right. he he gets kidnapped. And oh, uh, yeah. And at the same time, then then we get the real story that carries for the next couple of minutes where it's uh, Hardcore Holly and Road Dog having not a match. They're just fighting backstage. They're just no belts are on the line. It's not a sanctions match. They're just battering each other. My favorite spot in this whole thing there's two. One, the camera... So there's two parts of this, and it's glorious, and I, I, I encourage everybody to go back and watch it. One, you can see your man, the not the 69 guy, the other guy, Flying Pete or something. I, can't, I think that's his name. Flyboy Pete or something. I think that's his name. He runs back. You can see him running behind because the, the he was too slow, and the camera caught him as they cut back oh yeah <laughs> and you're like oh that's what he's doing you messed that up so you can see him running away and i just oh that was the funniest thing about the whole thing and then there's another like those boxes so road dog gets thrown into boxes by hardcore and road dog tries to pick up one of the boxes but they're obviously not gimmicked one of them is gimmicked and it must be like a box of powder or paper or something because he can't lift it and yeah. i'm like oh <laughs> man 
well, could tell, a... by the way, when he swung it as well, yeah. he was like, yeah. he kind of realised halfway through and he only half swung it. And I was like, oh God, that's the real one. Yeah, that's the real one. So there obviously was a gimmick one there and he just didn't pick that one up. <laughs> he just lifted the other one. <laughs> so I was like, oh man, if he actually hits him with that, he probably yeah. <laughs> really hurt him. But it pulled an Alec Baldwin. <laughs> oh, jeez. Um, yeah, so I mean, even when it hits the ground, like it hits with some thud. But I thought it was funny. Like, you can you, actually twice. Sorry, I just replayed it. Uh, Flying Pete or whatever his name. He's in, he, they see him again. So you see him twice in the same segment. And then the payoff for it is that they cut back to him and he's been like hung up by the brood. It's like you've kind of ruined it because <laughs> we saw you. Like, but so in the meantime, in the ring. So remember, but yeah, the, so this the, whole segment, yeah. there's like three things happening. Well, this was very confusing. Yeah, so, so there's yeah, so there's three things happening at once, two of which don't actually really matter. The thing that does matter in the ring happens. It's 18 seconds long. And well, okay. They say it's 114. It's 18 seconds long, right? It's it's a kendo stick match, which with no announcement. No, no announcement. No, bills, no rules, no just, nothing. Just, it's just happening. <laughs> draws no. comes draws comes out with Steve Blackman, right? Uh, and then they're both holding candlesticks. So from my understanding of what a candlestick match is, and, and modern WWE candlestick matches are, there's candlesticks in the ring, and then yeah. it's a pinfall, right? No, that's not what a candlestick match is, Martin. Here's what a candlestick match is. You hit each other until someone can't, until someone can't stand up. It just is, falls over slightly. Okay, so how how did you find that out? Because that was not at any stage explained. It was. When? It was a throwaway line from Michael Cole. I completely missed it because I have down in my notes here, how in the name of Christ <laughs> was there a DQ in a kendo stick match? It wasn't thought, a DQ match. I thought it was a DQ. No, draws one. So what happened was, look, uh, look, as I said, the match was 18 seconds long, right? <laughs> I don't blame you for missing it. But no, because I was watching going, what? That's not what a kendo stick match is. I've seen kendo stick matches. No. So the rules for this, they didn't explain beforehand. It's a throwaway line at some point from Michael Cole where he's like, okay, how you win is you got to hit. So the actually explain, no one, it happens, right? Um, Tilo is in the ring, isn't he? Teddy Long. Yeah, he's yeah. the ref. So Teddy Long gets hit at some point. And then Michael Cole's like, oh, you know, uh, Ken, um, Ken Jammer. Uh, Steve Blackman has won the match because he managed to make draws fall over and that's how you win this kendo stick match and I'm like oh okay that's what they're doing and then what happens uh, draws hits Steve Blackman and he falls over and then points to Teddy Long and that's how the match ends yeah I was deeply deeply confused yeah. by, by this yeah but uh, if but, you actually like, so if you actually watch the match beforehand before Tilo gets hit it actually doesn't make any sense because Steve Blackman had already made him fall over with a kick. So the match yeah. was over before it even started. And and also, what is... So, what, they, they had 18 seconds of the show that they really needed to fill? What is... I don't get what the purpose of this is. I had, I had that in my notes too. 
I was like, this is completely pointless. There is no like, there is no reason for the, for these lads to be out. I mean, they got paid, obviously, which is grand, you know, fair enough. Yeah, good job, and it. you know, they're two but, good wrestlers. So oh yeah, put them in a kendo stick match, give them five minutes, and have them batter the living shit out of each other. But this just, I I didn't understand the rules. I got very annoyed when I thought it ended in a DQ. I accept, <laughs> now, I accept now that that was wrong. I actually um, went back and watched um, why you thought that because the way it looks, the way it plays out, it yeah, does look like it was a DQ. Yeah, 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 and, I can see that, yeah. But even setting all that aside, I, I, I don't understand what the purpose of this was. Like, it's one thing to have a throwaway match just to get guys on the show or maybe just to Remind. I know what it was. Proud. No, but, I know what it was. I know. Why, I know. I know why he did it. But wait, wait. Like so, a throwaway on. match is one thing. But why a throwaway gimmicked match? Okay, so, sorry for. So, yeah, sorry for interrupting. You. I mean, that, that's a no, no. Go ahead. Question. Go ahead. Okay, I Russo wrote it. <laughs> yes, that's probably what it was a gimmick match. But they had to. No, I mean genuinely, that's probably he's like, quick, we'll do this. There, I think the reason why they did it was to obviously get. Hardcore and Road Dog to run to the outside of the arena. You had to buy them time. That's re- yeah, yeah. That's really good. Yeah, that makes I'm, complete sense. And I think what happened was they're like, "Oh, quick lads, go out and just hit each other with sticks." Go. <laughs> no, and remember, yeah, that makes complete sense because this was in the day before WWE shows were 75% advertising. Yeah. So they couldn't just cut to another ad. So, yeah, they had no yeah. time. They were just like, quick lads, go out and just do something. That makes total sense. Yeah. yeah. Now, now, here's the thing. If Russo wasn't writing it, it probably just would have been a throwaway. It would have been a match. But because he was like, quick, grab sticks, go. <laughs> um, All right. Yeah, well, so. Draws and Blackman got paid for... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There you go. All the lads got paid and they all went home happy. So... Why not? Yeah. What are we? So, what are, what are we complaining about? Twenty four years later, <laughs> it's just a bizarre segment that gets un- undone <laughs> in a couple of years when we actually see kendo stick matches that have rules. Um, so this it's just uh, uh, and sorry, uh, sorry go on. just no, before go on. we go on, it's just it is slightly frustrating to see uh, Blackman in this role because he does have such huge potential to be pushed as like maybe not a world champion but to be pushed as like a really significant you know like scary like heel challenger that you could throw in um mm. it's, I, I don't know like i uh, really love him and i mean it's probably an embarrassment of riches in that the wwf at this point has just a an unbelievable mid card like they've just the most stacked mid card, but um, yeah, I don't know. Sometimes I just think maybe more could have been done with Steve Blackman. The only thing I'll say is the goal was to get everybody on the show and yeah. to have everybody do something, and it did. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Now the payoff for the hardcore thing, which again is crazy. That was like the biggest angle of the whole of the show because it really was that that was like the biggest thing done on the show like as far as you know segment wise i had the most segments and that was broken it was a, a broken up then and it would feed directly into the match we'd get at wrestlemania which we talk about in four more episodes three more episodes this it's, is, it's weird our <laughs> wrestlemania might actually coincide with yeah WrestleMania. It might 
Am I actually? Yeah. Um, then we have one of the best segments, which I've never seen before, and I really enjoyed. The Mean Street Posse, who haven't shown up yet, <laughs> make their debut in the best segment ever. Rodney and Pete Gas. I don't think Joey Abs is here yet because he's actually not friends with, with Shane, but uh, Rodney was. And you can actually tell, I think this is the most time that Rodney's ever got like on like on the mic properly because they haven't been introduced as as part of, you know, this is all the hype up Shane going against the X-Pac at, at WrestleMania. And it's brilliant. It's the mainstream posse were, were wonderful. They were, yeah. They were and wonderful. They were... I think what was great about them was that they were all gays who had, but the best one in the world, no ambition to be anything else. My favorite one is where, <laughs> where it's just like, you don't want to mess with these guys from, from Greenwich, Connecticut. We're real tough here. And your man's just like sipping a, la- a Starbucks latte. Like, right. <laughs> <laughs> it's just some, some random guy with a pencil. Just like, uh, it's brilliant. I'm like, this is just. Actually, it reminded me of that uh, one of uh, um, Jerry Lawler's best calls during the 2000 Royal Rumble, the street fight with uh, Cactus Jack and Triple H. And he's going, this isn't fair, JR. Uh, Triple H isn't from the streets. He doesn't know what a street fight is. He's from the mean streets of Greenwich. <laughs> oh, it's wonderful. It's wonderful. So, so after we come, we come back. Uh, moments ago, we see that your man with the sixty-nine on his back has found the other lad, uh, Flying Pete or whatever his name is, hung up, covered in blood. Despite the fact that we've already seen him run away from the camera twice, and the impact has kind of been lost. So, sorry, Public Enemy. Or We're alive, en- pal. <laughs> I'm sorry, Public Enemy fans. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't think they were very good. So I never, yeah. Look, look, I watched ECW at the time mainly through whatever kind of VHS tapes and that I could get. So I can't say that I followed the show weekly or even followed the pay per views, you know, in order at the time. Mm. But I was never, I was never overly impressed with Public Enemy. It it seemed to be that there were two guys who didn't have much wrestling ability, weren't particularly fit, but were willing to kind of take some hard shots and some hard bumps and that got them over with a, a with a certain fan base. So out comes uh, Vince um, and we're setting up for The Undertaker versus Mankind. We would expect, um, would expect this to be a, a classic. It was not. No, <laughs> although... So here, here's what I actually have here. Uh, Undertaker, Mankind, another non-finish. Uh, not one of their classics, but decent enough on the night in that and, and it's sorry, probably and, the best wrestling match we've seen so far on the and, show. And Vince does commentary and actually lets us know that we're going to have Boss Man and The Undertaker at WrestleMania. Oh, in a hell of a cell. <laughs> I am looking forward to that. So that's how that's announced. It's randomly given away on commentary during a nothing match with Undertaker and uh, Mankind. I was, so it was the 99 WrestleMania. So I yes. would have been 
expenses. I have been 13 when I saw that, and that's. Oh, so, sorry. So th- there's this. So I just want to call out the sign here. Tedesco is my bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Sexual white chocolate. <laughs> sorry, go on. They're, these no. are the hard camera ones. Sorry, go on. Um, yeah, so I would have been about 13 when I saw the Undertaker boss man Hell in a Cell. Yes. And that scared the bejesus out of me. Oh, the hanging. Oh yeah. my God, that really <laughs> scared yeah. the bejesus out of me. Well, we're, go- it's well, a- you're, we're going to relive it, pal. We will. We'll get to it at all. But it's like, it's one of those things where uh, people talk about, oh my God, can you remember that? That was so stupid. And I'm like, I I don't have like uh, that kind of dismissive attitude towards it because like I say, I was a child at the time, and at the time, that legitimately freaked me out. So a really sweet one. Someone perfect, perfect their love to their girlfriend on, on the sign. It was nice. Oh. Yeah. So, uh, and then there's a and, and, there's and it's a also encouraging that in the nineties there were wrestling fans who had girlfriends. That's. But just above it, there's a white trash sign. <laughs> <laughs> So I mean, it gets instantly, instantly uh, well, look, undone. At least it's not the, at least it's not the out and out homophobia of, <laughs> of WCW, where everyone was an F. <laughs> Everyone's yeah. none of those so far. Bishop <laughs> is an F. Hogan is an F. Everyone was. If if you were to go by the same, <laughs> if you were to go by the signs alone, WCW was one huge gay orgy. Everyone, everyone was an F. Sorry, even on the even on the <laughs> internet show, there's certain words we don't like to. Yeah, there's certain words we don't say. Anyway. Not be like I'll I'll not be repeating line for line Booker T's assertion. <laughs> <laughs> Of Hogan, we're coming oh. for you. <laughs> oh man, Dave, how is the skin? That's one that's behind Vince at the, during this whole whole situation. I dude, I don't know what's going on with these weird people. Like I really don't know what they're thinking. Inside jokes, inside inside jokes, inside jokes galore with 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 some of these signs. But so this match comes to an end, and it actually wasn't a bad match. Genuinely, it went on for about. Yeah. Look, what, like three minutes? It's so, Taker Mankind. Like, they have had some absolutely just, like, well, he, g- genuinely all-time classics. But here's what's interesting, right? It, it's down officially at, uh, um, in the record books as a countdown. It's not. It's a chair shot that actually ends this match. Undertaker wellies him with a chair. And obviously, uh, Paul Bearer is distracting... Um, is distracting the ref, but I mean they're out there for a long time. Yeah, fighting. but it's not a it's not a DQ. It's just a just like a non finish. It's just a no. No, officially it's a countdown. Okay, officially, oh, right, officially right, it's right. a countdown. But I'm like, I don't understand how it was a countdown and it wasn't a DQ because like that chair shot was super loud, <laughs> yeah. and the ref is right beside it. <laughs> so I'm like, you're just. How are you missing this? Um, but yeah, Undertaker then uh, actually does beat up uh, Vince for a little while, and uh, Mankind gets the win, despite the fact he doesn't look like a winner. 
at the end of the match when the Undertaker uh, chokes down something to hell. So <laughs> it's like, okay, fair enough. But the boss man comes out and actually saves um, Vince with a couple of well-placed nightstick shots. So our boy, our Bookley himself, <laughs> yeah, the big Bookley. boss man, coming out and uh, <laughs> saving the day. The only cop we like. Well, he's not a cop. He's like a uh, private That's security. Right. He's he's uh, well. He's initially, if we're to go back to his original gimmick, he's um prison. He's a pr- he's a screw. He's a prison guard. He's a screw. Yeah, but but uh, you know, this is the this is the version of boss man that we're talking about. The corporate team, private enforcer. Yeah, so he's he's private. Yeah. Oh man, I don't know. Big boss man is just the coolest gimmick ever. Like it really is. Um, do you know what? It's, it's like, the music as well. I mean, the music ma- makes so much. It's yeah. the music, but there's so many like, like wrestling gimmicks are so weird. You can put your heart and soul into one, and it can completely flop, or you can just sort of stumble across something, and it can be the biggest thing in the world. For me, the boss man gimmick is entirely sold by. It's like, what? He can really swing that nightstick. Like, yeah, he does the flips and the twists and the turns. <laughs> like, yeah, he he knows what he's doing. He'll give it to you, like with that. You know, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, if he can, if he can twiddle that thing that quickly, <laughs> imagine, imagine how fast he can swing it. You know. Oh man! So the next match, will we call it a match? It's twenty nine seconds uh, long, and it's it's okay. The next no, thing that happens, it's, it's twenty nine seconds long, and it's not even the shortest match on the card. <laughs> the next thing that happens is a follow up to Heat, so you know it's good. Um, oh, just Ivory defeats Deborah. They're both wearing very little, and it's terrible. However, not terrible that they're wearing very little. It's terrible in general. The the women are quite beautiful, but I mean the wrestling is not beautiful. The wrestling is uh non-existent. Um, the I did really enjoy that when they were coming out to the ring. Uh, there's some. Elwyn, who's like in the front row and she's dancing to Jeff Jarrett's music and is properly buckled because <laughs> she has a massive point and she's just like having a good time. <laughs> it's brilliant. And she's like Love properly it. dancing. You're like, <laughs> you know, that's the way you should watch wrestling. Absolutely <laughs> off your being. Um, so what happens then is this match also ends by DQ because PMS run out and attack Ivory. And that's the end of the match. That's that. Yep. That's what um, I have been down in my notes. Deborah versus Ivory. Instant DQ. <laughs> instant. It wasn't then, instant. It well, was just it was 29, 29 seconds. 29 seconds later. And then underneath it. Um, uh, one finish so far tonight. <laughs> <laughs> So we're and that we're would coming be the, up now, we're coming up now to the main event. So, we're <laughs> so coming far up, we've had one finish. And we will only have that one finish, spoilers alert. <laughs> so our main event, Stone Cold Steve Austin versus Kane with China, who must win or is going to be kicked out of the corporation. Will he win? The match ends in a no contest. In 14 minutes, the longest match of the night. And it's actually quite a good match as well. However, well. okay, it's a good match until it's not, and then it just kind of evolves well, into well, nonsense. 
let me say that the so the first thing I'll say about it is so we had a good crack earlier about how everybody is over in this show. Everyone's yes. getting over. The Bronco the crowd, is getting, getting the crowd over. is so hot for this the one. The crowd's hot for everything. DX is over. The divas, even when the divas are terrible, like they're they're over. The crowd's loving them. Everything. And I I don't think people realize unless they watch it back then everything pales in comparison to how over Stone Cold Steve Austin is because this crowd is hot 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 the whole night and yeah. then that glass smashes and oh, they nuclear. just like you think, you think they couldn't go any higher like they're they're erupting for stuff Everton's class like they're giving it 90 for stuff and then Austin comes out and there's a whole other level they haven't even reached it's and it, like you'll see it in the pay-per-views and you see it all the time but it's just it's a an average episode of Raw it's week to week and it's it, it, he is over to an extent anybody would give their left arm to be over today. Sorry, like, I'm not. I'm not laughing at that. I'm laughing because I'm rewatching the end of this match, and it's it's when uh, Kane's going up to the top rope, <laughs> and it's it's this really cool spot that's just ruined by this massive pink sign that just says Mike is gay. <laughs> <laughs> well, hold on, like. Maybe that was someone's really proud coming out moment. Maybe Mike's told. I don't think it was. No, then maybe... it's, no, no, he turns it around and it says Corey 420. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I think, you know, he was being very ergonomical to, or economical to make sure he got both his messages across, you know, to like slam his friend Mike. Oh, no, well, maybe. And, so, you know. I'm going to so, take a more positive. You think this is a love story between Corey and Mike? No, no I think? don't think it's a love story. I think this is a story of bravery and human development. So okay. Mike, Mike discovers he's gay. Right. And he says, I'm not going to be ashamed of it. And I'm going to declare to the world that I'm gay. And I'm going to declare to the world that I'm gay <laughs> in one of the most macho arenas that there is. I'm going to go to Raw is War. And I'm going to unveil to the world there and then that I'm gay. But Mike is not an idiot. Mike knows knows that, listen, he might be a proud gay man, but but, uh, everyone has their limits. So he holds up a sign saying, how is everybody? I'm mad for sausage. And And then he turns the sign around and he says, Cody, who is his dealer, uh, I need some weed because this is going to be a long night. Wow. That's I think that's what's happening here. So it's a declar it's a very proud open declaration followed by I need a joint. There you go. I mean, you know, you can see this guy very, very clearly <laughs> like afterwards. So, <laughs> you know, maybe that's some deep lore right there, but uh <laughs> that that moment uh, and that really nice spot is ruined by you know, a whole other side story. But um there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, though, I'll, I will, uh, and I. It's not often I have a like love the character. It's not often I have a lot to say great about Kane's in ring stuff. But man, he really goes for that. He does, yeah. Look, it, like, now, like this uh, is you, something I have never seen Kane do before or since. I no, man, no, no, no. You're oh, okay. I'm not going to say much more than that, but you're in for 
the next two years, you're going to see some serious shit with Kane. You haven't even seen him jump off the top of the cage doing that on the Xbox. What? Yes, yeah, so I'm not going to tell you when it is. Oh, but brilliant. It's, yeah, it's Kane's work in the next two years is unbelievable. So Well, cool your, cool your jets here. Because... I will. No, I will. I will. I won't say much <laughs> more than that. But, uh... that's... No, no, I'm, I'm saying cool your jets because on the one hand, like that was awesome. But on the other hand, Kane then engages in an interminable bear hug spot. Just a Yokozuna levels of taking a breather. Just stood in this bear hug spot for... I, I didn't time it, but it felt anywhere between 20 to 25 minutes. The, the point, the, the thing that I had in my notes where I had to bring out... Um, not so much the bear hug spot. It wasn't really on Kane because I mean Kane's role here was to just be the monster, and he was doing it. Austin picks up and this. Maybe, you know, maybe it was on. an ad. Austin picks up this chair, right? And remember, this was not a no DQ match. I don't know when this match got thrown out, but he picks up the chair and he hits him with the worst chair shot I've ever seen. Two of them. So like this little tap. It's like tap, tap. And you're like, Austin, what are you doing? Hit him with the chair. And because it was one of the padded chairs, it wasn't even like a proper steel chair. It was like yeah. one of the other. Like hit him with the chair. Come on, we we saw what the the hardcore guys did. They couldn't wait to get hit with chairs. The trainers hit each other <laughs> with chairs for no reason. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, if that's what the hardcore guys are doing, come on, go on, hit him with the chair. You know, and you're just, oh, it's it's silly, it's silly. But the, so I think this match got thrown out. Um. Actually, I don't know when this match got thrown out. They didn't say. The bell, I don't think the bell rang. Yeah, um, yeah again, it was... Uh, a lot of this show was very... kind of fast and loose with... With rules. With, uh, with rules and endings and stuff like that. Um, what I did enjoy was... And, uh, well, no, not enjoy, but it was a question I wanted to ask you. Go on. So after the... Oh, sorry, hold on, one that, second, one second. So, yeah, okay, so the, mat, so the show... The match actually doesn't end. Paul White walks into the ring, hits Kane, which should be a DQ. So, you know, but then Austin did hit Kane with the chair. So the match just kind of ends and Austin walks away. <laughs> so that's the end of the match, folks. Paul White is the reason this match ended. Ask a question. Sorry. <laughs> no, so there's a spot. Yeah, like it's hard to say if it's actually after the match or during the match. But there's a spot where um, one of them hold, holds up Austin. Yes. Is it is it uh, who is it? Paul White holds him up, or Kane holds him up, and Kane. Paul White goes. Yeah, so Kane. Kane holds him up, and Paul White goes to hit him, and Austin ducks. Yeah, right. Yeah. Here's my question. Go on. Has the holding up spot in all of wrestling history ever worked? Yes. Has there, yes. So there, so there has been a situation where it resulted in anything other than the person moving. Yes, if it's not the key babyface. And if it's in WCW, it absolutely works because Hogan has the NWO holding up somebody. So, oh, you know, okay. It worked all the time in WCW because those baby faces weren't winning. <laughs> but <laughs> WWE, uh, it, no. My, my, favorite, my favorite version of it in WCW is, I think it's during the... Uh, is it? It's World War Three. Is that the one where they had the 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 big cage? Yeah. And 
it's it it's Lex Luger's in the ring and Machoban's in the ring and Flair's in the ring. And is it Lex Luger? So Flair is holding Macho Man and yeah. Lex Luger goes to punch Macho Man. <laughs> and Macho Man ducks and Lex Luger stops and then remembers he's supposed to accidentally hit Flair. So oh. he kind of stops and then rears up again and then hits him and sells it as a <laughs> as an accident. <laughs> oh, it's amazing. Oh, Lord. Well, look, you know, um, next week we have uh, the, the 8th, so March 8th edition. Um, it looks like we're going to have to watch Heat, actually, because apparently some stuff happened on Heat, so we might have to watch Heat as well um, yeah. to kind of really catch what's going on. I'm still shocked that Paul White got such a massive push, and then it his year is weird. I mean, I'm going to ask everybody to just remember the Paul White impact he has, and then it just... It you see where it goes, you know. It, it's weird to watch this with some kind of, you know, in the new in the new uh, Marvel movie, Kang is like, the thing about time is you know how it ends, and that's how I feel doing the show. Sometimes <laughs> I'm like, I know how it ends, so I want to skip, and I'm just like, oh, okay, fair enough. I'm I'm actually intrigued to to see the, the sort of the moment where Paul White becomes the big show. Yeah, it's it's gonna happen soon. Uh, so look. We'll keep an eye on it, um, obviously, because we're, we're going to like watch this through. This was one of the most interesting episodes of Raw I've ever seen, because one, I totally didn't know a lot of this. Like, the fact the Road Dog had a WWF Championship match still. <laughs> it's amazing. It's just incredible. I mean, fair play, man. You you earned that. And then you went back and took a rake of chair shots to the head. <laughs> you know, good job. Uh, Martin, is there anything you want to plug before we get out of here, or are you happy enough... Uh, no man I'm like uh, I'm I'm just really I'm sitting here I'm licking my lips I can't wait for my big weekend of Metroid Prime unreal oh I just I don't know how I'm going to sleep I'm like a a kid the night before Christmas (laughs) well uh, Rampage is on in a bit isn't it oh don't tempt me could I set up? No, it doesn't come on till like three a.m. here. No, that's ridiculous. I, know. I have training tomorrow at eleven. I couldn't. I know you, you need to go up and um, and be and be sharp for that. But um, folks, listen, we we will uh, probably elimination chamber is going to be next, so we're going to be looking at that. Um, covering that. I mean, that's happened tomorrow. So I mean, that's weird. Not today. It is. It's happening and, today. And, and I'll be honest with you, uh, Roman Reigns versus Sami Zayn's the only thing I have any interest in. It feels but... re- feels really soon, man. I mean, I know they have to they have to get it out of the way before WrestleMania, but it's like I wasn't, you know, like okay, I'll put it this I, way. I think I think Cody had I main event WrestleMania written into his contract. Yeah, and even when Sami Zayn got mega over, yeah, there was no getting around that. So I think no. that's why this is happening. I think so too. Uh like I'll be honest with you, though, I haven't. I've no appetite to watch it, but we will. Uh, I kind of just want the to main, watch the main event. Like I'll, I'll watch yeah, the main, main event, event. Would be good. Main event would be good. Yeah. I just, I'll be honest with you. I, I just don't think that there needs to be a pay per view between Royal Rumble and WrestleMania. Unless, the, it's, unless the, it's something like St. Valentine's Day Massacre. 
Oh, it was good though. Yeah, yeah. Which was very good. Yeah. You know, it, it, if it tell if there's a reason for it, just having it, just to have it is. I agree with you. It's ridiculous. Yeah, but look, at least we have 1999. Oh, we love it. <laughs> Listen, whatever's going on in the world, we'll always have 1999. We'll, we'll always have 98 and 97 and, and we'll 2000 cover... and 2001. 2000. <laughs> God, it was such a good period, wasn't it? It was so, so brilliant. And again, guys, this show exists because of you. Well, not really exists because, you know, we like to watch this, but it does exist because of you guys as well. So we do, we do appreciate it when you guys uh, join in and check check it out as well. Um, please go over to wrestling, thewrestlingrewind.com, nerdtonomedia.com, and you'll be able to, like, you know, say hey and all that good stuff as well. So we will be back next week to talk about... And, and we are, as of tonight, as of... Midnight tonight, US time. We are taking pre-orders on our wrestling fan signs of the nineties coffee book. That's happening. We're absolutely going to do that. That's, it's it's not a joke like the, like the Patreon. This is like a real thing which we're absolutely going to yep. do. Yeah, it's not a joke like the Patreon. It's a real thing like the OnlyFans. So, <laughs> that, isn't that a threat? That's it. Well, listen, I never joke when I make threats. I never joke. When I make threats. Well, well, we'll open up pre-orders. <laughs> Although for signs like like that one there during the cane spot, you'll have to like do detailed like. Oh, we'll have lore. a backstory. We'll have, and then for some of the WCW signs, we'll have like a maybe like a tasteful kind of like frosted glass. Uh, like plastic sheet over them you can unveil it if you want it'll have like a, tr- a trigger it'll have a trigger warning on it <laughs> oh man we should get Mark Madden to write the, the forward oh my god I didn't even know he could write <laughs> oh god I love it so yeah guys if you, if you want us to do that please do uh, you know like the Facebook page and all that kind of good stuff as well but we'll be back next week here on the Wrestling Ride bye guys keep our left Thank you for listening to a Nerd to Know Media production.